Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. All right. Good morning and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. This is Rachel Marshall and I do not have my trusty co-host with me today, Bruce Weiner, is today. He is with his wife who has been in surgery and he's taking great care of her. So our thoughts and prayers are with them right now. And I'm going to be talking with you today about something that's really near and dear to my heart that really aligns with a lot of the message that we talk about on infinite banking. But to me, it's even more critical and more important. And that is the idea of leaving a legacy. And really today we're talking about inheritance. Uh, I'm going to really start from two different angles because you might be coming into this conversation with one of two lenses. One, either you've already been following us at the Money Advantage podcast and you're familiar with a lot of our work, which is on infinite banking and this idea of keeping and controlling your capital and being in a position really where you are doing the best with your money today, you're optimizing your financial life, you are getting in a position of control, you're taking over that banking function so that you are building um, interest and dividends, you're creating an opportunity for long-term wealth creation, and you're coming from that lens. And if you are, you are already in an advantageous position because you are already set up to leave an inheritance. The reason is that inside of infinite banking, you have a death benefit. And that death benefit will pay out to your heirs when you pass away. So infused in this concept of infinite banking is the idea of legacy. Now, we don't talk about it often because it's not usually the motivating reason or the number one thing that somebody comes to infinite banking for. They might be, you might be looking for a better place to store cash, or you're looking for something that's safe and liquid and growing, or you are looking for an opportunity to really take that banking function in your control, like Nelson Nash talks about in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker. And you can refer back to our series on that book. I think we're on episode 18 of that long um, episode where we're really unpacking and uncovering chapter by chapter and page by page what Nelson Nash said about infinite banking. So the thing about creating an inheritance is that you're already doing that. You have this tool that you're storing capital. You are doing the most in your own lifetime with your capital. And it has this death benefit component that will pay out to your children or grandchildren or your spouse or a charity or who, whoever you've designated as the beneficiary and the recipient of that life insurance policy. So you might be coming from that angle and you might say, well, I'm already leaving an inheritance. But what I want to talk about today is the reasons why to do that, because we all need a compelling reason why and we don't necessarily always think about our why. We just think about the the thing that we're doing or how we're executing something or what we want to do. But there really is a, a deeper component of your financial philosophy and what money means and why it's good and why it's good to leave an inheritance to your children that I want to talk about today. Now, you might be on the other side. You might be coming to this conversation and say, I don't know anything about infinite banking. I've never even heard of the Money Advantage podcast before, but this sounded interesting, this idea of leaving an inheritance. And you might be in a position of feeling conflicted about the idea. 
really inheritance is a really emotional word. And I'm going to ask you a question if you're jumping in live today, or if you are listening after the show, I'm going to make sure I'm watching the chat here. But if you would put into the chat for me, no matter where you're coming from, what you think about inheritance, is it good or bad? So is it positive or negative? Now, once you answer that question, just for yourself, whether or not you choose to put that in the chat, is inheritance positive or is it negative? Then I'm going to ask you, why do you think that? Were you given an inheritance? Did there crop up problems with that? Do you feel that leaving an inheritance to your children is good because you're supposed to? Do you feel that leaving an inheritance is bad because there's this overwhelming idea in our society that money corrupts kids or money corrupts people? And the problem is that this can really get under our skin and really make us aware of the problems of leaving an inheritance. Things like my kids might become entitled and lazy and dependent on this thing, or they might do bad stuff with the money, or they might not use it the way that I'd like them to. And so all of these challenges, the idea of trust fund babies never um, strikes a good chord in any of us. It really gives these negative ideas about what can happen when children or heirs or anyone is given money and what they can do with that that might not turn out good. Um, Ryan, thank you for jumping in here on the uh, LinkedIn side of the the live stream here. He said, it depends on the air if they use it well or not. That's a really key. And we're going to come back to that. So the idea that you might be thinking leaving an inheritance is challenging or difficult. It absolutely presented, presents challenges. There's obstacles in the idea of leaving an inheritance. So you might not only be thinking, I'm not sure I want to leave an inheritance to my kids, but if you're financially successful, you probably have the capability to do that. And then the question often becomes, you hear all of these things of people saying, well, you know, I'm not going to give it to my kids. I'm going to use it up myself, or I'm going to give it all away because that feels more maybe altruistic and somehow leaving an inheritance is not good. Or we have all these confusing ideas around inheritance. If you believe that you should leave an, an, an inheritance, um, then really sometimes what can happen around that idea is well, that can feel heavy. It can feel like something that maybe you don't feel equipped for. Maybe you don't feel like you have enough money to leave an inheritance and to really do that well, or you're afraid of what it can create for your children. So really today, I want to talk about three things that are reasons to leave an inheritance. And before I really dive into that, I want to um, let you just wrap your mind around the idea that Everything that we do in life has a core philosophy or a foundation or fundamentals that are in our life, a paradigm, if you will, a perspective or a way of thinking that informs the rest of our mindset. And really what can happen is sometimes we are not aware of our paradigm and sometimes we have conflicting ideas around anything in life. And so we need to recognize what is the paradigm that is driving our mindset and our actions and our thinking in various areas of our life, but then is that really the correct paradigm? So if you do choose to leave an inheritance, you absolutely need to do it correctly. And there are correct ways to do it and ways that can lead to great problems. And so today, I want to really hone in and zoom in on that idea that most 
parents who love their children and who have children who chose to have a family and who desire to do what's best for their kids really do want to set them up for success. I mean, we really do want to provide them every opportunity. You think about every single parent that puts their kids in sports or puts them in dance classes or provides them tutors for math or for English or for whatever it is that they might have a little bit more of a hurdle in their academic achievements. We really want them to succeed. And we want to see them flourish, not only because it makes us feel good when our kids are doing well, but we love them and we really truly want what's best for them. And so when we want what's best for them, sometimes it's challenging to figure out how to handle money in relationship to kids. And so sometimes it can um, really be a confusing idea because we're confused in our worldview and our understanding of money and what an inheritance means. So first, I'm going to say the Bible asks us or even directs us to leave an inheritance. Now, before you tune me out, you may not be someone who believes that the Bible is the authoritative word of God and that it is something that should direct our lives. So before you turn this off, because I am coming from that perspective, I want you to hear something really crucial that we all need to have something that informs our our morality, our choices of right and wrong. And we've all seen tremendous problems when we look at the postmodern way of thinking where it's about your truth or my truth or how I feel about something or how you feel about things that are objective realities in the world. And instead of having a confusing mashup of foundation beneath us, we really do all believe in something being true. And you need to have something that's true. Otherwise, you won't even have integration and integrity in your own way of thinking. So let me just share this with you. Proverbs 13, 22 says, a good person leaves an inheritance to his grandchildren. Now, Proverbs is very interesting because it's not promises. It really is principles for living your life. There's tremendous wisdom to be found in Proverbs. And this is a way that you can think about how the world works and what principles or what what worldview is laid out in Proverbs. Um, The reason that I share that is that some other places in scripture will find uh, promises, will find um, things that are facts. But Proverbs really was the wisdom of Solomon. He asked of the Lord to give him wisdom. And this he was known as the world's wisest person uh, in all of history. And so we look at Proverbs as principles that are true, that we can understand the world by. So what is interesting about that is that if you look at the idea of a good man leaves an inheritance to his children, there's a lot wrapped up in that. First, we have to know, well, there is some objective reality to being good. To being a good person means then that you are thinking about your children in a way that you're leaving an inheritance to them. You're leaving money, monetary resources to your children. Now, let's look at this in light of the rest of scripture. Really, there is this multi-generational thinking. God says he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We look at the numerous places where you'll see whole genealogies laid out in the Bible. And there's a concept of continuity and long-term family lines that's in scripture that is a way that if we can use that as a foundation for our thinking, we recognize that there's so much value in long-term thinking, in thinking about families as a whole, 
not just as individuals. So the first reason to leave an inheritance is that the Bible says to leave an inheritance. So I'm going to move on from there, and I'm going to show you that the second point is that long-term thinking creates better decisions. So the reason that long-term thinking creates better decisions is that we have a perspective that will allow us to overcome obstacles all along the way. So if we are thinking financially in the area of our money, just about what we want to purchase today, that's very short-term thinking. If we're thinking about saving up for uh, the purchase of a home or a a particular asset, or you're saving up for a vacation, that's a little bit longer-term thinking, but it's still not very long thinking. And we're still going to be limited in the scope of what we're, what we're, what choices we're making in our financial life based on that window of time, which is going to forget about other more important, valuable things in our life. So if you extend that, that lens further and you look at multiple decades, or let's just say one decade, one decade in your financial life, you're going to start thinking, well, in 10 years from today, I want to have these assets or this financial capability, and I'm going to make different choices today that might not necessarily feel comfortable because 10 years from now, I'd like to benefit from the choices that I made before. If you think even longer term, multiple decades in your life, all the way to the end of your lifetime, you will be thinking about how to make sure you don't run out of money, how to make sure you have actual assets that are producing cash flow in your life. So you're not having to wonder if your investing strategy really worked out very well. And if you didn't lose money in your investments and you're able to be in a position where you can trust that there will be enough money for you to live your lifestyle in the future. But let's take it even further than that. Let's look not just at one lifetime, but at generations. All of a sudden, you begin thinking not just about how to make sure that your financial needs are met, but instead you're looking now at how you can ensure that you deposit enough capital into the next generation that they can then create more with that capital and deposit more into the next generation after them. This longer term thinking. I'm going to actually jump back to Nelson Nash for a minute because he talks about the financial principles that allow you to be successful with infinite banking. And one of those is the idea of long-term thinking. So one is think long range. You have to be willing to forego the pleasurable thing right now or the immediate gratification in order to really set up a true banking system that you can benefit from and reap the capital over a long period of time. The only way you're going to have more in cash value and death benefit and dividend growth an interest growth and be able to have the capability to use your infinite banking policy for purchasing other assets or using it for income. All of those things that you're able to do in the future, decades down the road with your infinite banking policy depend on your long range thinking when you first set up the policy. So Nelson Nash was committed to this idea of long-term thinking. If you can think generationally, that's even better because you are going to really establish assets that can last. You're going to be thinking about how to make sure that you don't have your assets limited and eroded by things like inflation, how to make sure that you you 
steer around the tax obstacles and you make sure you preserve and keep as much of the capital that you make as possible so that you're not just having all of this money spill out and be leaking and lost due to taxes. And you're going to be thinking about the generational transfer of capital and assets. Back to Nelson Nash's five things, he said, don't be afraid to capitalize. That means you have to put money in in order to create this banking system that truly will benefit you in the long run. He says, don't steal the peas. This means you're not taking out capital and failing to put it back. You're making sure that you pay at interest or at retail cost, not just wholesale, when you borrow capital from your infinite banking policy. And then he says, don't do business with banks. The reason is that you're taking the banking function into your hands and you are being in control of capital by storing capital and and having accessibility to that capital. You're now not having to pay interest to someone else for that capital. And you're able to earn the interest and dividends and the growth that comes from being the banker, not just being the customer of the bank. And then he says, rethink your thinking. Be aware of challenging your own viewpoint. And I think so often we need to be willing to challenge our viewpoint with every financial, every decision we make in life, and especially recognizing when we might have an unhealthy perspective when it comes to making decisions that might not be aligned with the truth or the foundation that we've placed at the center of our life. So long-term thinking creates better decisions. And the reason is that kind of like in dance, they call it a spotting point. I don't dance, but my daughter is in ballet. And so she talks about how when you're doing turns, which I, again, don't even know the formal term for this, but you have to have a point that your mind, your eye is fixed on across the room so that every time you turn, you're not getting dizzy by having your eyes spin around. Your eyes are always staying pointed in one direction. And so every time your body is turning, your eyes are keeping that fixation point across the room at that one spot. And in order to do that, it needs to be the longest range out. I mean, you just think about driving a car as well. You, If you are only looking right immediately in front of your car, you're not going to be able to navigate around potential obstacles or a slowdown or a traffic jam up ahead. You're going to be in a position where you're just reacting instead of being able to be proactive and driving defensively. So long-term thinking is making the best decisions for the long term, not just in your own life, but also for generations to come. I'm going to say the third point and the third reason why you should leave an inheritance is that an inheritance is actually good for your kids. Now, what do I mean by that? Often, as I mentioned at the beginning, it can be easy to think that an inheritance is something that will be a crutch or cause a problem for our children. But instead of that, it's actually good for our children when we do it correctly and when we have the right perspective of money. Often, we can think of money as being good or bad. And that's just because our mind always is trying to assign labels so that we can categorize things in our life. But money is not good or bad. It's neutral. It is a magnifier of your soul. It makes you be able to do more of whatever you already were because it amplifies your ability to be more of that same thing. So here's the challenge. The inheritance is never a problem, but the preparation of the children to receive the inheritance is what causes the good use of an inheritance or the poor use of an inheritance. 
So Ryan, I don't know if you're still listening, but this is exactly what you're talking about. It depends on the air, if they will use it well or not. Here's the challenge. If you're the parent and you want to leave an inheritance, you want to set up your kids for success, you have the responsibility to train your children to have good character, good stewardship, good discipline, so that they will use it well. You can't wait until it's right at the time to leave an inheritance to decide if you will, based on maybe how things turned out in the future. Right now is the time that you need to decide that you want to think long-term, that you want to think multi-generationally, and that you want to be in a position of being able to leave an inheritance and setting it up so that it will produce the fruit and create the results that you want. See, the problem with leaving an inheritance is not the money. It's when a child does not have the preparation and that that stewardship, they don't know what to do with it, or they have already been seeing money as a objective thing that they want to use for their own benefit. And they're not thinking about how to produce more of it. They're not thinking about how to use it for good. They're not thinking about how to take capital and create more benefit in their own life. They're not thinking about how to create true wealth, which is really their personhood, the the finance or the personal capital that they have, the social capital, the intellectual capital, the relationship capital, and the spiritual capital they have. Their true wealth is all those forms of how they're fully developing their skills and abilities and the gifts that they've been given and truly doing the most with that. So now, if you have prepared your children and you have trained them properly and they have everything that it takes for them to know how to manage the money well and to grow it appropriately, to allocate it well, to use it with good stewardship and and use it for things that will benefit their lives and benefit the lives of others, then they will use an inheritance well. So if our end point is thinking it's going to create problems, then we will line up our reality to become a self-fulfilling prophecy to create those problems. But instead, if we look at the reality that we're supposed to leave an inheritance, the Bible instructs us and says that it's wisdom, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That's not even just to one generation after him. That's multiple generations. That's to his grandchildren. If we create if we if we take that reality and we put that beneath our feet and we say well that's going to be our foundation to say well this must be a good thing then we'll line up our life to make sure that that is accomplished and to do it well because if you are going to create a good result in your life and you're going to create good fruit you will be able to work backwards from that end goal to say well if I'm going to leave an inheritance to my children's children then I have to equip my children to handle money well because if they use it all up when i give it to them then they will not in turn leave an inheritance to their children and i will have failed this proverb i will have not left the inheritance to my children's children it, i will have just had it go one generation and then evaporate so if our end goal is long term thinking then we will be able to walk backwards from that and say, well, if I'm going to make sure that my children handle money well so that they will teach their children to handle money well, then I have to make sure that my children are equipped. That means that I need to be equipped well to handle money. And I need to be able to instruct them and help them understand what 
is the objective reality? What is the foundation beneath them that are the principles that govern how money works? And how do I help them respect those principles and not just think that they can do whatever they want and that it doesn't really matter? And that, again, all comes back down to worldview. What you think is objective reality really will inform the rest of your decisions. So I hope this was a little bit helpful in terms of your thinking on leaving an inheritance. There's so much more to this that we'll continue to unpack through episodes and through videos. And I want to let you know as well that we have a whole series and lineup coming out with the release of the book, Seven Generations Legacy, that will be shortly around the corner. We'll release the the date for that launch very soon. And you can be looking forward to that book that will really not just tell you that it's important, but will show you exactly how to walk step-by-step through the process of setting up your life to be able to leave a legacy that truly lasts and matters and is good for your children and their grandchildren and, or your children, your grandchildren, and even great-grandchildren and beyond. So as I close today, I know this is a quick short episode. If you have questions or thoughts on inheritance, I would love to hear them. If you have questions about how to how to train your children with financial literacy or how to make sure that they are not just watching you do infinite banking well in your life, but you want to make sure that you're not just doing it for yourself and that they will not... Let me rephrase that. It was too many negatives. If you want to make sure that they're picking up the principles that you're doing with infinite banking and that they'll continue it on for themselves. That's another potential topic that we can address here on the show, on the podcast with the money advantage. I would love to continue hearing your thoughts on money, wealth creation, leaving a legacy, inheritance, and any questions that you have about those that we can really be able to help provide you the tools to do this best. So thank you so much, Ryan, for jumping in again. And, um, Thank you. He said, congrats on the new baby. I understand why this topic is on your mind. Yes, it's greatly on my mind due to having another child and also a previous near-death experience that really changed my perspective on what really matters in life. So we'll be releasing that soon. Thank you for being with me today. Um, And I want to let you know if you're catching this show after the fact, if you have any questions, go ahead and you can email hello at themoneyadvantage.com. You can also, if you're interested in all of the stuff with the book coming out at Seven Generations Legacy, go to sevengenerationslegacy.com and you can find out what we have coming there and you'll get on the list to find out when the book releases. And if you are asking questions about how to make sure that you are set up personally in your financial life to optimize your financial decisions so that you can benefit the most during your lifetime and create the greatest legacy. You can see us over at themoneyadvantage.com and we have advisors who would love to talk with you about how to do exactly that in your financial life and set up infinite banking or help you to think deeper and more comprehensively about tax planning and thinking about all of your assets and thinking about investments and how you can ensure you're making the best decisions with all of your financial life. With that being said, I'll see you next time. In closing, please remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd, and build a life and business you love. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. 
we've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now, and we'll see you on the inside.